five tool podcast we're back kicking it with you on a wild wacky wednesday lots to get to so let's just get to it let's say our introductions black josh you good i'm good corona kyle you good yes seamus you good seamus you good i'm good eric from the miller park minute you good That's right, we got Eric back from the Miller Park Minute, and we'll give you a quick... Hitting we'll, dingers. Hitting dingers, getting listeners. Hit, yeah. Getting likes, throwing strikes. Eric, what have you been up to on the podcast over there with the Miller Park Minute? Tell us what you got going on. Uh, I've been playing a lot of the show. I've been playing a lot of MLB The Show, and... Uh, they play Mega World where he, he likes to talk on the play podcast. So, um, yeah, other than that, we talk about uh, the potential, and I'm sure coming up in tonight's conversation about maybe potentially starting to see games in May. So, lots of good stuff going on lately. Yeah, we just got done listening to your most recent show that you dropped last night. Very informative, very cool stuff. I noticed you did the top five second baseman of Brewers all time. You got Jimmy Gantner as number one on that list. Just a little tease, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, re- really good show. Everyone who is out there listening, please check out Miller Park Minute on Spotify or wherever podcasts are distributed. Um, I want to get a quick Kyle, um, a quick update on our friend Corona Kyle here. He is currently self-quarantine because he's had some t- symptoms. Tell the people about that, Kyle. What are you, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Well, I was feeling sick the last time we did it, but yeah, the last few days have been hell. Just pure hell. Sleeping a lot. That's the one thing that's nice, is I'm getting excellent sleep. Too much sleep. Um, but, I mean, as far as all the symptoms that I've heard uh, that come with COVID-19, I got them. I've had every single one. Last night, I had a panic attack. So I couldn't breathe. And I almost drove myself to the ER. So that was crazy. Um, my fever hasn't gone past 103, which is good. And I haven't had a fever uh, since Monday. But the cough is still there. I got a lot of congestion. My chest is tight. It is not fun. This is, you know, it sucks. I just found out I'm getting paid to stay home, which is nice. But I, this is not how I want to stay home. This, I just, ugh, no energy, none. Well, yeah, we're sorry that you're going through that, and we all hope you get better. We hope you're able to take the time that you need off of work and get some rest, even though it's kind of miserable. We're all feeling for you here at the Five Tool Podcast, and I know the listeners are feeling for you too. So 
We'll keep getting up. Here's here's the thing. People have got to stay take the staying home thing seriously. Like if you're going out for like you know things you need, or if you have to go out, that's one thing. But if you can stay home, because you don't want this. <laughs> I don't. There's, I don't know anybody that would want this. It sucks. Yeah, and on top of all that, you have to stay away from all your loved ones, too. And that, that, that adds a whole other layer to the, the struggling and suffering you're going through right now. Yeah, I haven't had my kid all week, and that sucks, too. But, but it's, it is what it is. But it's important that they stay safe and you get better. And hopefully, I mean, I mean hopefully this all comes out. You, your immune system is a badass after all this, and you're strong, and you have a nice summer of enjoying yourself and, and the nice weather that's to come. Um, next thing, on this date, 46 years ago, in 1974, Henry Aaron, Hammer and Hank, hit number 715 in the home run list, passing Babe Ruth and becoming the home run king. What a moment for Milwaukee baseball history. Of course, he was playing with Atlanta at the time, but I mean, he spent all his time in Milwaukee, I mean, preceding the move. He's, he's an icon, and he's the best ball player to ever play in this city of Milwaukee and he did this I mean as, as a black man at a time when I mean he was receiving crazy hate mail death threats from people all off season because people knew that a black man was going to surpass the white Babe Ruth as the home run king and, and it's a quite a monumental moment in baseball history and, and especially in Milwaukee Braves history of course and, and then he came back to Milwaukee kept that record going for two more years and and he is he is the greatest legend ever, you know, playing Milwaukee as a, as a baseball player. So he's a hero to us. I mean, there's a bar in Hartford, Wisconsin, where me and Kyle grew up called Hammer and Hanks because of him. I mean, he's 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 that kind of a, a legacy player that that he's he's remembered in all sorts of walks of life. He's a, he's a heroic figure, and we love Hank Aaron, and we're happy he's still alive and kicking out there. Anybody got hey, any? Butch, isn't it isn't it called? Just Hanks now? Yeah, I think they changed it to Hanks. It'll always be Hammer and Hanks to me. It, it really is, yeah. I mean... It was a fun bar. I got drunk a lot there. <laughs> it's the best name for a bar you could possibly have, I think. Does anybody have any uh, Henry Aaron thoughts that they want to talk about quick? He's the true home run king. <laughs> yeah, he really is. I mean, of course, you know, Barry Bonds. Bonds for life. Yes. Of course, Barry Bonds passed him, but we all know that that legacy is tarnished. We all know he'll never be a Hall of Famer, and that, granted, he was an amazing ball player. We all know that he had quite a bit of assistance chemically in in securing his his surpassing of Hank Aaron's home run legacy. Um, and like Eric alluded to, I would like to get into this Major League Baseball Arizona plan, quote unquote, that they've been talking about. Now, the one question that I had before I really went in depth with this report is like, yeah, you have this amazing plan, but how are you going to pull it off when there's, you know, mandatory social distancing and there's, I mean, non-essential businesses being shut down? Well, uh, MLB has actually been in talks with the World Health Organization and other institutions in the state of Arizona. An Arizona public health official says, I think it can be done safely without fans if you do it the right way. You couldn't do it until the final wave has hit Arizona, however, which is weeks behind New York. May is probably too early, but June could be doable. And I think that that 
if, if we're going to look at a realistic scenario here, I think the most realistic we could get is probably starting in early July. I mean, where the All-Star break would usually be placed in the schedule. The plan does include, and I know Eric alluded to this, and if you want some more in-depth coverage of this, head over to the Miller Park Minute. He did a great show on this last night. But this plan does include all 30 teams playing in the Phoenix area, Chase Field, uh, 10 different spring training facilities or other nearby parks. Players, staff, and personnel will be sequestered at local hotels in relative isolation, only traveling to and from the stadiums. Um, electronic strike zone will be implemented to allow the plate umpire to maintain sufficient distance from the catcher and batter. There will be no mound visits. Uh, potential for seven-inning double headers. Regular use of on-field microphones by players, which would add actually an added element for the fans watching on TV because some of those microphone engagements that they have together would be broadcast to the, to the viewers at home. And players will be sitting in, empty sta- in the empty stands instead of dugouts six feet apart to maintain social distancing. So federal health officials and baseball officials have been in close discussions and offered the plan as the clearest way for baseball to be restarted. Um, Officials don't believe that a positive test would be a cause of quarantine for the entire team or shut down the season, which is something Black Josh and I discussed yesterday. Like, would would, uh, a player testing positive shut down the season? And we thought maybe that's the case, but apparently they're talking about that not being the case. The season would continue. The teams would then also play with extend, expanded rosters just in case a player gets hurt and to maintain you know, those seven-inning double headers. I know we've discussed this a little bit, but I want to get everyone's thoughts, starting with you, Eric. What do you think about the Arizona plan? So I didn't, go, I didn't really even go into this or think about this last night, but think about the math of this. Okay, so we've got, on average, what is there, eight to ten games per day normally? Right. There's 30 teams. There's 10 stadiums. This math does not even compute. I mean, Bravo, if they can pull this off. Well, I don't see how, because mathematically, you're going to need a lot more fields than 10. I mean, yeah, because there, there's games. I mean, there's 30 teams, 15 playing 15, essentially. So that's you really need 15 right. ballparks going. So you wouldn't be able to have every team playing every day like you do during the normal season. You'd have to significantly, you know, cut down the... Add in doubleheaders, too. Add in these doubleheaders as they want to do. Mathematically, this is impossible. You'd almost have to have teams playing around the clock. Right? Right. I mean, You're going to tune into live Milwaukee Brewers at 1 a.m. Yeah, I mean, if you're already getting the... the the Western time zone difference where you're watching the games two hours later in the day, who knows if they're, they almost seems like they almost have to play around the clock in order to get enough games. Unless, I mean, there's people working on this teams working on this. And it sounds like every day, it sounds a little more likely. Uh, Seamus, I want to get your thoughts on the Arizona plan. Do you think this is something the major league baseball could actually pull off with these guidelines? Well, it, I, it's, it's gonna, it's, like the only way to make this work feasibly is think of back when you played Little League and you were in a Saturday round-robin tournament. You know, they're going to have, like Eric alluded to, you know, in order to, with 30 teams and 10 stadiums, you're going to have to have games starting at like 6 o'clock in the morning. You know, one game 6 to 9 a.m. and then a game, you know, call it 10 to 1 a.m. And then another break, and then two to five p.m., and then potentially seven to ten. 
you know, if you wanted to, for, you know, that fourth, that fourth slot to put in double headers, but just to have everybody play on the same day, you're going to need three games in a day from each venue. Yes. Um, go on. Well, I just, I mean, it's, it's possible, but like I said, it's going to end up kind of having like a round robin little league feel, or, I mean, I know, I think they do round robin for the world baseball classic too, I believe. Yeah. But that's you're almost that's, gonna need, you're almost going to need all 40 of your 40 man roster. Oh yeah. They're going to have to, they're going to have to change the roster again, the roster rules. But that's, I, that's the only way I see this having any possibility to work. I don't, yeah, I don't really think it's that unfeasible to have two games. I mean, if you have two games at each park a day, I mean, that's 20. You know what I mean? So it actually does seem a little more feasible the more that I do think about the math. You could have two, you know, one game early afternoon, like a noon start. Everybody leaves after the game, say 3.15, 3.30. They leave. And then you have another game at like six o'clock, you know, just to keep all the teams quarantined from one another too. But the thing that that's kind of odd to me is, you know, having the the players sitting on the bench six feet apart. Like, how do you how do you actually keep players apart from one another? You're gonna have a guy on first base, and you're gonna have uh, Ryan Braun standing right next to him. You know, you're gonna have the pitcher. I mean, I mean, the catcher and the batter right next to each other. You can't feasibly socially distance everybody so they're going to be breaking some rules there unless by that point Arizona has lifted some of those bands and hopefully they're they flatten the curve and things are going down at that point uh Black Josh I'm going to get your thoughts on the Arizona plan at this point whatever they want to do to get me to be able to watch my fucking baseball <laughs> I am all for I'm yeah. fucking done with all of it like, I don't care. Do what you got to fucking do and get my fucking baseball back on my TV. Yeah. And and it sounds like the players really do want to play. I know Lynn Arenado, Adam Adovino, and, and more players have, have all voiced support of the plan. And this is the players' union also in talks with these federal health officials and baseball officials. They're all talking together. So the players' union seems to be backing this. MLB seems to be backing this. And the, the federal health officials seem to be promoting this as well. Uh, Killer Kyle, your thoughts? Uh, it's Corona Kyle. Corona Kyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I I don't like the idea. I don't like the uh, I don't like the plan. I don't like anything about it. It's too complicated. It makes my head hurt just thinking about all these restrictions and rules they have to place to put a baseball game on. If you got to go through all those all those hoops and hurdles, just just to make something happen and rush to get something to happen, I just don't think it's meant to be. I I would rather I would rather see them wait it out um, and and have a more normal schedule for baseball um, than do this crazy cockamamie plan that they've came up with to. To do baseball games, I mean, this is the only example I can think of because it's the only quote-unquote sports entertainment thing on right now, and that's wrestling. Uh, wrestling is really the only sports entertainment we have live as of right now, and I, I think it's terrible. Um, 
you know, I was, you know, Eric and I were messaging during WrestleMania. I know he was watching. I watched it uh, both nights, and it was it was bad. It was really bad. It just it didn't feel like it didn't feel like it was uh, a, a Super Bowl type event like it normally does. Um, and I, I didn't like it. And I would rather that they have just canceled it or postponed it than do it the way they did. So, you know, I, I, I feel like this, this baseball plan is going to be, would be the same thing. I, I just don't think it'll be as good as what we're used to when it comes to watching a regular baseball game. And for that reason, I'm not thrilled with this idea. Well, I think Russell... It'll get you the fix to start, but it, it won't suffice. Yeah, it's like, it's like smoking some res out of your bong waiting for the weed man. You know, it'll get the job done, but is it really what you want? I mean... Maybe. If you're, maybe if you're that, you know, if you're that starved for it. Well, it's not just the viewers either. It's these players that want to play. It's it's the it's the teams that want to get paid. It's the players that want to get paid. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want. I hate to make it about money. Well, that's I that's to, what it is about. They want to play for money. Yeah, they want to play for money, and they want to you know keep their chops up. These pitchers have you know worked all off season to to perfect themselves. So so the players, and yeah, they want to get paid, and they want to keep the game going. And the the one thing about baseball, I mean, I, I don't want to make it a an emotional or, or a passionate thing, but like baseball is that thing that's always been there through two world wars, you know, through a, a pandemic in 1918. Um, it's, it's always been there. So for baseball, it, it feels a little differently for me as a fan, because it's something that has never gone away throughout time. I mean, there's the big speech and feel the dreams about it. You know, it's it, baseball has always been there and it, and it, sh- and it should be here if they can pull it off. I don't think waiting it out is the right idea. It's either it's either this or you cancel it. I think because if you wait it out, I don't I don't see a season happening if you if you push it any longer. Unfortunately, and and I realize that that health health should come before sports. Of course, people's families being healthy and not getting sick and and staying together and staying quarantined. Of course, that comes first. But every every organization is looking for an out right now, and they're they're shooting in the dark right now. It's unfortunate, but I think. This is this is the best plan I've heard so far. It's not perfect, but it's the best I've heard so far. Um, Christian Yelich also was on a Boston radio program yesterday. I know, uh, Eric, you also alluded to this. And he said he hasn't mer- heard really much of anything from the Players' Union or from baseball. And But he believes himself that there's a 50-50 chance that there won't be a 2020 season. So which would we rather have? Uh... And I'll ask everybody, which which would we rather have? No season at all, or would we rather have a condensed version of baseball that is unlike anything we've ever seen before, but it's still baseball? Eric, what do you think? Uh, I would love to see a season. I would love to see a condensed season, any form of baseball, uh, especially in you know, I know this, this speculation has given us guys a lot to talk about uh, as podcasters and, and people who are, uh, you know, this sub-community of the game. <laughs> I'd much rather be talking about Christian Yellis hitting a walk-off home run last night than, 
when are we going to see baseball again? You know what I mean? Right. Right. And, 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 I, and I, I, I think you guys are all, would all agree with me. Like, these conversations have been fun and interesting for us to have, but enough's enough, man. I'm done. I'm sick of talking about it. Let's play some ball. Right, right. Yeah, right. But we have to also make the distinction, like, health comes, health comes first over sports. I mean, it's, it's, it's so hard for me because I, I want to maintain a level of, you know, rationality to this. But at the same time, the little kid in me that loves baseball and the podcaster in me wants to see the game being played. So I'll ask you, Seamus, would you rather just see a no season at all, or would you rather see some condensed version of baseball that's unlike anything we've ever seen before? I'm probably going to shock you guys by saying this, but I, I'd rather they call it call, call it off. It, it's going to suck to not have it, but I'd rather them call off the season and start it fresh next spring. Mm-hmm. It's, it's In my opinion, it's the smart thing to do health-wise because we are at a point where, you know, you don't, you know, even even the medical experts, they don't know what what the duration is. You know, nobody can decide on when when these bans and restrictions are going to be lifted. So, until the way that I look at it is, until the bans and restrictions are lifted, that tells me there's still a risk out there. And like you had said, Butch. You know, health is more important than baseball. And as much as it would suck, I just say call the call the twenty twenty season a wash and start fresh next February. It's an interesting take, but yeah, it's 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 so hard. Like I said, for me, it's so hard to draw that line between rationality and you know what if what if things get better and then it's it comes July and things are for the most part normal again and then we don't have baseball? It's like, damn, they probably should have tried it. Or it's they try it and things get worse and players get sick and then we sit there like, fuck, they probably shouldn't have done this. Either way, it seems like they're screwed one way or another. Black Josh, I know you kind of have already said your thoughts, but I want to get your thoughts. Which would you rather see, no baseball season at all or a weird condensed version that is unfamiliar to anything we've ever seen? I 100% agree with Eric. I, I'm done with all this bullshit. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to fucking play some ball. I love like, it. Fuck it. <laughs> all right, all right. And Kyle, you've already kind of given your thoughts, but one, one more time. Which would you rather see? No baseball season or a condensed version? Yeah, I think they should just throw in the towel this year. I'm with Seamus. Like, do it. You know, do it right next year. Get a full a full uh, season in next year because it's just, it's getting way too complicated um, for every sport. And, you know, this is, if we can keep doing what we're supposed to do and flatten this curve, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get back to a regular life sooner than if we stick around and, you know, try to figure things out with the current situation. It's just, you know, this is, um, this is real. It's really happening. More people are going to get sick. And, and that's what 
we all need to like do our part and and like focus on right now. And it sucks because I don't I don't want to not see sports. You know, I'm going stir crazy without sports just as much as the next guy. Um, but the reality is is that people are getting sick. People will continue to get sick, and you got to weigh the option. If is playing baseball gonna help the cause, worsen the cause, or nothing at all? And I think you make your decision from there. And Holy shit, Kyle and I agreed on something. That's the first. Time I know. It's unbelievable. That unbelievable. Is, that is literally, I think, the first time ever. Other than my top, <laughs> other than my top ten. Yeah. List. I'm not right in the head right now, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we, we do have to take into consideration his medical condition. <laughs> yeah, he does have a condition. I'd like to bring up an interesting point that I just thought about. Let's just say, for instance, that this season does play and get played in any shortened, condensed, this plan that they're talking about. Does this season become an asterisk season? For sure. Is this champion not a real champion? For sure. Because, you know, say the Brewers pull out some kind of win in whatever fashion and win the World Series. Is that a tainted World Series over, well, I would say, well, 2019 was a good World Series, but the other two were tainted before that, so. Um, I think so. I think it's, I know Mariano Rivera already said in an interview weeks ago, he said that whoever wins the season, if it's shortened, shouldn't consider themselves a real champion. Here's how you look at it. Every team's fan base, except the team that won, is going to say it's not a real championship. The team that did win is going to say it's a real championship. I think I think that's basically how it'll go. Um, but, yeah, if you're playing 100 games, that's not, that's not a real baseball season to me. It's a baseball season of a sort, but even if the Brewers win it, it's like, well, would they have been able to do it over the course of a, you know, a full 162 game season, plus two rounds of playoffs, possibly three with a wild card, and then the World Series on top of it. It's, it's. I don't know. I really don't think it's quite. Well, so you'd you'd have a, a Brewers World Series pennant hanging in your home or some type of memorabilia at all. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I would try to go to the game. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, for sure. But it'd feel a lot sweeter if you did it in 162 games. Right. I don't know. That's an interesting thought. I just, I'm just going to throw this out there. For, for, the, for the sports that have had their seasons interrupted, I'm more in favor of them finding a way to resume and complete their yeah. season than I am baseball having a condensed season. I think those those sports that were were interrupted, they have they should have the option once things have kind of flattened out and settled a little bit. They should have the option to finish what they started. Yeah. God damn it, Seamus! If there's but the, but baseball, baseball <laughs> hasn't started yet. We we weren't to the point where games mattered, so. We're not losing anything 
if we, I mean, we're losing baseball for a summer, but we're not losing anything that had already started at this point. That's just kind of the way that I look at it. He's right. But that's only if the time allows for it. You know, the time might not. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If, if it's feasible to do so, and the, like the NBA and the NHL, they should have the opportunity, if it's feasible to do so, to finish their seasons. Well, just, and I would, I would, I am more in favor of that than I am starting a baseball season to have it condensed, shortened, or asterisked, or whatever. Well, just a quick point on that. Um, the NBA, I haven't heard any releases recently about their thoughts on their season, but uh, yesterday Gary Batman, the NHL commissioner, did say that with increasing significance that there might not be a finish to the season. He said, we understand that it may not be possible to finish the season. The NHL did have 189 remaining games to be played when it was postponed on March 12th. So we'll, 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 we'll see what happens with those. We'll see what happens with baseball. But 5-2 Podcast, we're going to be right back. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with more lighter, funner topics to talk about. Since we let, we ended on a little sober note here, but we will be right back with a brand new segment. We'll be right back. Where the hell is it going? Come see what the Brewers are doing. Does anyone recognize this song? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's the cheesiest baseball song in the world. <laughs> it's Come See What or the Brewers' Fever song from 1980. Um, that's, that's why I know it, because I'm fucking old. Remember we discussed that last week. Yes, a very forgettable Brewers classic. Boomer. <laughs> boomer. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> Um, so what's brewing here, we're, we're at our second segment here on the 5 Tool Podcast Wednesday show, and I want to talk about a list that was posted on, I don't know if anybody follows BrewCrewBall.com, it's a really cool website dedicated to the Milwaukee Brewers, and they have some interesting articles, and they've had some interesting stuff since there's been not a lot of Brewers baseball to talk about as of late, and they are doing a tournament right now based on fan votes, they've had over 8,000 votes so far on your least liked brewers of the decade from 2010 to 2019. And I want to talk about the, the final four they got going on, and then I want to get everybody's take on their least liked brewers of all time. So the, it, it was a really interesting tournament. Anyone out there listening, and I, I suggest you guys look at this too, this tournament that they've done, it's, there's a lot of interesting names on there. There's some important ones that I think were left off for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. But, yeah, it's the least like Brewers of all time, and they're down to their final four based on fan votings. And the final four... Real quick, real quick, real quick, Butch. Yeah. So that we can't be influenced by the list. I'm sure everybody's already got their own, but so it doesn't sound like we've been influenced by the list. Get ours first and then do their top four. Sure. Sure, we can do that. We can do that. All right, well, I'll, let's start with you then, Seamus. Who is your least liked Brewer of all time? Gary Sheffield. <laughs> 
Gary Sheffield. Oh, that's a good choice. That's a good choice, and I'm sure I know why. But please tell us why. Well, he was he was an asshole when he was with the Brewers, and he never stopped being an asshole throughout his baseball career. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of fans. There's hate that not guy. not very personable with the fans. He was never really known as a good clubhouse guy. He he just he. He did not make himself a lot of friends around the league. And I just, even even going back to his days as a brewer, um, late 80s and into the early 90s, I just, the way he carried himself always rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, I know he, he yeah, he wasn't good to the, the players. I know the fans hated that guy. He talked a lot of shit. He had a very long career. I never realized he played till 2009. That's pretty incredible. But, yeah, I mean, he really only had one good season with the Brewers in the four years he spent there. He had a 294 in 1990. Not a home run hitter. Is I mean, he only hit 10 home runs in that season, in his best season as a Brewer. And, yeah, just kind of a real asshole, a real conceited kind of guy. And he made very few friends, I think, in the clubhouse and, and all the you know teams that he played for in his career. So it's a very good pick, Seamus. I'm not a big fan of his either, at least for what he's did, what he's done for the Brewers. He did have many good careers. I mean, many good years in his career. I mean, he batted 300 many times when he was with the Dodgers. He was that was probably his best tenure as a ball player. Um, let's move on to Eric. Who is your least liked Brewer of all time? Probably doesn't own any guns, so I'm safe in saying this. Orlando Arcia. Oh, you're an asshole. That's not. That can't be true. He's your least like. <laughs> wow. So funny. I was thinking the same thing. No, no. I really, <laughs> I truly am. Listen to this. I truly do not like Orlando Arcia. The reason I don't like him, <laughs> he is a showboat who thinks he's better than everybody. Yeah. He goes way out of the way for balls that could easily be caught by the fielder that is standing right where the ball is landing. I mean, talk, he was in left field, right field last year. He is all over the diamond. Yeah. He, he screws up plays. He gets involved in plays. There's been a few close calls involving Orlando Garcia in the outfield, and he's going to cost somebody seriously and injure somebody by the way he plays recklessly. And he's cocky. For a guy who can barely hit the broad side of a barn, you know, he's had a few highlight moments in his career. I'll give him that. But he's arrogant. He's arrogant and he thinks he's the best guy on that goddamn field, which is not the truth. I don't Especially th- on a team that's got Christian Yelich. I don't think it's fair to say he thinks he's better than everybody. I think he, he clearly enjoys playing. He, he always looks like he's having fun. It seems like everybody in the clubhouse loves that guy. I know him and Braun are very close, and they even had a bobblehead together. I, I understand where you're coming from, but I think that point about him thinking he's better than everybody, I don't think that's the case. I, I don't. But I, you're, fair, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. But really, of all time, he's your least liked brewer. Yes. All right. All right. <laughs> I feel like that was a personal. all time. All time. I, I don't. I really don't like him that much. What if? What if the next three? Years? I I like Gary Sheffield as a player. Oh God. More <laughs> than I honestly, I have a Gary Sheffield autographed Yankees jersey hanging up. I, no, I agree, Eric. I agree with you 100 percent on both players. 100. percent What if in the next three years, Arcia batted a slash line of 292? 
515. No. You'd still hate him, just for the past. I'm still, I'm still not like him. Just, you know, it's kind of funny. I was listening to you guys talk the other day about the Molitor down debate. And there's a lot of people who just don't like Molitor because they feel Molitor went for the money and stuff like that. And I've seen a lot of this online. And I don't know if it's just because of the time that we're in. A lot of people were discussing that. And I'm like, I have no qualms about Molitor. Molitor and Yale are the best two. And they're they're very close best two brewers. So, you know, shout out to your list. You did it right. Putting out number one because he's he's a homer, he stayed around, he's a good dude. But yeah. I mean, I don't I don't feel any I wouldn't even if he was better number wise, I still would think he's a ball hog and a selfish jerk. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair, I suppose. All right, uh, Killa Kyle, I want to get your thoughts. Least liked Brewers player of all time. Um, yeah, there's so there's a lot of honorable mentions on my list. Jeffrey Hammonds comes to mind. I couldn't stand him. Um, Jose Hernandez, I could not stand. I thought we kept him way long, way overdue. Um, all the guy did was strike out, and it was super frustrating. I Orlando Arcia is like one B on my list. Like, I thought it was hilarious that Eric said it kind of stole the thunder because I knew it would make Butcher mad. Um, but he is. He's too fucking cocky, and that's what I don't like about him. Um, but And then uh, another player that I really don't like and is right up there is uh, Ricky Weeks. I never liked Ricky Weeks. Um, I thought... Everybody thought he was better than he actually was. I don't think he ever really did anything uh, that stood out in my mind, and he got paid good money. Um, I don't know. I just never liked him. Um, so, like, he's one of those guys that was only good as a brewer, and then he disappeared off the face of the planet when he was no longer a brewer, too. But he wasn't yeah, good as a brewer. On that. He, he wasn't, wasn't good. I mean, good-ish. Good-ish. Yeah. He has every year you heard about, all right, this is the year we're finally going to see the potential in Ricky Weeks pay off. Yep. I had, yep. Never, heard, I had never heard more a player talk about their potential more than I did Ricky Weeks. It was like every year was a building year for him. Like he was supposed to, you know, when he when he first came up with Prince Fielder, like at, at Ricky Weeks was almost getting more attention than Prince Fielder was. Like so many people were high on him, and he just he never really did anything. And he was oversized for second base, if you ask me. Uh, overweight, and <laughs> Jack. I, I just. I did. I, I there was nothing about him that I ever liked. Um, but yeah, I'll still take weeks over Arcia. So yeah, <laughs> I, I think the Brewers get high on their own supply on a lot of these these upstart guys like a Ricky Weeks, like a uh, Jonathan I mean, Lucroy. Right. You know, they have a couple good flash in the pan type of season. Corey Hart. For a little bit, and then they just stayed off. Corey Hart was the same way. Yeah. He went to Seattle, and you never heard of him again. 
So, so Kyle, was that, was that your pick, Ricky Weeks? Yeah, Ricky Weeks, Jose Hernandez, Jeffrey Hammonds. They're all like 1A, B, C. Yeah, Ricky Weeks is a really good choice, honestly. Yeah, he was, like you guys said, he... And a good point on him being oversized for second base, Kyle. That was an interesting thought that I had never heard before, but that's very much the case. He really was. Yeah, he, he was. was. Fat. He was he wasn't he was jacked. I think he's just mus- muscular. I don't think he's fat. But um he was too big and he couldn't move around. It was it was like why it'd be like watching Eric Thames try to play second base, I think is what you Take get a look at him now. Google a, a recent photo of Ricky Weeks. Tell me what you think. He was on. He was on. Like I think they retired him to the Wall of Fame or something. They did that last, last year. year. Yep. With uh, he was Hardy. Yeah, he was. He wore. Uh, they all wore horrible outfits. I think it was Week and JJ Hardy and Trevor Hoffman got inducted yep. to the Brewer Wall, and they all looked. Well, Trevor Hoffman looked good. JJ Hardy looked weird. Ricky Weeks just looked fat. He's not fat. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look at him. Yes, can... he is! He is not fat. Yes! <laughs> yes, he is fat. <laughs> There's no way that Ricky Weeks is fat. Anyway, th- but no, that was a really good point. He is oversized for second base. I don't see him as a very flexible kind of player, the kind of guy to, to dive and make good stops. He had a, he didn't really have any shining moments. He made the All-Star team in 2011. But that was like a pity ballot, or like there wasn't enough good second baseman to have. And I remember the last time I saw Ricky Weeks play was in 2016. They had him in left field for the Diamondbacks. I saw him in Milwaukee. I remember, I remember the outfield experiment. It was a joke. Yeah, like just no, just that. I mean, that just showed where the Diamondbacks were at that stage of their history. Um, next, I want to go to Black Josh, your least liked Brewer of all time. <laughs> Uh, first, I want to say that I so far have agreed with every brewer that has been named. Um, but I'm going to say Keon Broxman. Okay. I couldn't stand that fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. He's still on the team, isn't he? Didn't they bring him back? They did bring him back. Yeah. Yeah, yes, they did. They um, sure did. Tell us why you didn't like Broxton. Uh Probably because he fucking couldn't hit. Yeah. I mean, if you think yeah, Garcia he, could hit more than he did. Yeah, that's true. If you think Garcia can't hit, I mean, Keon Broxton could, couldn't could hit either. I mean, probably worse. I mean, his last year with Milwaukee, he batted 179. The year before, 220. The year before, 242. Um, he did have the one season where he had 20 home runs. The one thing, the one redeeming factor about Keon Broxton is he could play center field as I want to say as good as Lorenzo Cain. He made some spectacular. Nope. Yeah, I think so. Nope. He just never was able to bat good enough to get the playing time to real. I mean, they gave him plenty of chances in 2017. He had 260 or 463 plate appearances. He played in 143 games, but he just couldn't hit. I mean, and I really did like him in 2017, especially when he was kind of a centerpiece for the organization when we weren't we were barely scraping to get by and stay over 500. I, I did like him because of his defense, but that's if you can't hit over 240, I mean, you have no chance of making a major league roster and playing center field. It's such a dynamic position that's out there. So good choice, Black Josh. Hopefully, I mean, I mean, even in spring, he was just having garbage, garbage numbers this this last spring just to start. I think he was like one for 17 or something the last time I checked. So it didn't seem like he was ever going to make the big league club no matter what. 
I mean, he had a, he had an OPS in 2018 of 691. That's just garbage. But next, that was a good choice. But next, moving on, Seamus, your least liked brewer of all time. You started with Seamus. Oh shit! You're right, Gary Sheffield. Oh, it's my turn. Well, I picked two. Yeah, it's your turn. I picked. Butcher. <laughs> I picked two. God damn it. Can I interject? Can I interject? Yeah. You said two forty three or two forty was uh, if you can't hit over. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, I know where you're going with this. I don't. There you go. Is that a number, or was that number based on the fact that Orlando Arcia's career batting average is two forty three? Ah, well, yeah. I, I was looking at the twenty sixteen stats of Keon Broxton. Yeah, so you must bat at least two forty three to be okay in my book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you must win game one sixty three when nobody else is hitting. How about that? Yep. How about that? He's still a bitch. You're a bitch. Don't like him. <laughs> he hey, hey, RC doesn't have the coronavirus, at least. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Wait till I get my hands on him. <laughs> All right, anyways. Yeah, I bet, you know what? I'm in, I gotta, I got to pause for a I love, this is the one thing that's great about having this virus. It's like, if anybody pisses you off, you could just have to come back. You could just touch him, and then they'll, like, back off. You could just be like, Wes, come here and give me a hug. And they won't talk to you again. Like, people, I, I've been getting into arguments online, and I, I just tell people, look, want me to come over there and spit in your hand? <laughs> and, and then they stop talking. That's great. That's cool. Kyle, I think even, even if you didn't have the coronavirus, people would back away if you said you were going to spit in their hand. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> you can spit in my hand any day, buddy. But all right, I picked two because I was sure that um, Eric was going to steal one of mine because he did a video on this player in 2017 about how he's the worst pitcher in Brewers history. So I picked two. Ted Dillard. What? Never mind, I was trying to guess. Oh, no, not Dillard. Um, no, I picked Matt Garza. <laughs> oh, that's uh, a good one. That's a very good one. I forgot <laughs> I about one. him. I, I did too, but mainly because my point was to to uh, have a confrontation with Robert when I uh, <laughs> did my pick. Dave, Dave Bush is on. Now I'm thinking of all these, like, Rich Markham. Shit, yeah, Sean Markham. He was one of I was thinking too. So Jeff, Jeff Sulon, Supitrate. Who is that? Um, Julio, who is that? Davey Wolf. Can we put managers on there, too? Davey Wolf's yeah, garbage. You can put managers on there. But anyways, all right, Matt Garza, he was terrible. After being signed to the Brewers, at the time, he was the most expensive free agent the Brewers had ever signed um, back in, let's see, 2014. And he signed for four years, $52 million. He was complete garbage. In the four years he spent with the Brewers, he had a 4.65 ERA. He went 26 and 39 and gave up 63 dingers. He was just Ugh. the worst. He had one. He only really had one good year, like good year previous to being with Milwaukee, and that was with the Cubs in 2013. And then he went to the Rangers that same year, halfway through for, during uh, the free agency period, and he was just terrible. He 4.38 ERA, four and five. There was no reason to give him that kind of money. There was no upside in signing him. I think it was a really terrible move in, in general. But yet they 
They signed him, and he was just garbage. The the count was just brilliant, terrible for the Brewers. He he is he is like yeah. That I wow, I'm blown away. I can't believe I forgot about him. Yeah, he was trash, absolute trash. I do have a second one though. However, just like I said, just because I was worried that Eric was going to take Matt Garza from me, but. He just wanted to offend me, but that's okay. We can offend me all we want. It's fun to do that. Um, my second one was Adam Lind. You guys remember Adam Lind playing for the Brewers? Yes. Yes. Former Blue Jay? Yeah, he was all over the place. Yes. He played for everybody. Um, at least, I think, six or seven different teams. Now, in the year that he played with the Brewers, he did hit 20 home runs, and he batted 277. But... Well, a lot of people don't know about Adam Linden. I'm not sure if you guys know this. He's a piece of shit person outside of baseball, too. Now, he was on MTV's 16 and Pregnant because he knocked up some, some kid, basically. He treated this girl like shit. He was then on Teen Mom 2, and, and on, the, on Teen Mom 2, he was arrested for domestic violence of his baby's mom, and he was abused of animal cruelty. He was accused of killing two dogs. Um, he, wow. He violated the terms of that resulting restraining order from the domestic violence case and served 207 days in jail in 2017. And then in 2018, he gave up to the rights to his daughter that he had um, acquired from, from that 16 and pregnant girl. He, he knocked her up and ended up giving up the rights to that kid. And in an inter- in, over the phone call, this is what the mom said. She said, you know this means forever if you give up the rights. And he's like, yeah, of course I know. So he didn't even love his kids. He's a piece of shit. He, he's dealt with drug issues and, and abuse and, and stuff like that. And I mean, yeah, I understand that people can go through hard times and stuff. But to give up the rights to your kid, I mean, and possibly kill two dogs, he's a piece of shit. And I'm ashamed that he ever was in a Milwaukee Brewers uniform. He hasn't played a game in Major League Baseball since 2017. Um, so, yeah, more so I don't like him because of the off-field stuff. He, he had a good season with the crew, but he was just a bad person. You can look up some of that stuff on Google. It's, it's pretty easy to find that he was just a complete monster, and I'm ashamed that the Brewers ever signed him at all. Um, good choices, everybody, on that, but now I want to get to the... Free Joe Exotic. Yeah, Free Joe. Yes, I, I second that. Carol <laughs> um, <I> Baskin. <laughs> Fucking bat. <laughs> I blame that bitch, Carol Basket. Want to know why the Brewers stunk for 30 years? Carol, Carol Basket. <laughs> Carol fucking Basket. We stunk for more than 30 years. Anyways, I want to get to fucking the bitch. I want to get to the final four that BrewCrewBall.com now uh, posted. So this is based on, the, like I said, the 8,000 fan votes and the round robin tournament that they had. And these are the four um, brewers that are in the final four. You can vote on it now to get the most, the least liked brewer of all time. Number one, Unieski Bettencourt. Um, with Milwaukee, he batted 235 with a 258 on base. Oh, percentage, wow. 371 slugging. He had a career with, with, with his two years at the Brewers, he had a 628 OPS. In 2011, this is the most interesting stat I found on him. He saw the fewest pitches per at-bat in Major League Baseball at 3.16 pitches per at-bat, meaning he was fucking swinging at everything. He was he was a free-swinging dude. He didn't give a shit. He would not take a pitch, and I'm sure that's part of the reason he only spent two years with the crew. I mean, there was... 
not a whole lot of upside there to begin with. But if you're swinging at everything, I mean, yeah, you don't want to keep your bat on the shoulders when you're down 2-0-2. But still, I mean, three pitches per at bat, I mean, that's 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 just garbage. Uh, so, Unieski, Betancourt, he is one of the top four. Does anybody have any thoughts on Betancourt? I don't even remember him. Oh, UDB. 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 He's a better number three than Orlando Arcia. Oh, get the hell He was a likable enough character, but yeah. he couldn't, you know. He couldn't. That's a great baseball name. Yeah, it is actually a good ba- baseball name. And I think, if I remember right, he was decent behind the dish. I think the pitchers liked him, but we didn't really have much of a pitching staff at that time anyways. I mean, we had the likes of Matt Garza at that time. Um, so another guy that's in the top four or for this, this tournament is, I, I, I failed to mention, yeah, you can do managers for this because they put a manager up there. And Kyle alluded to this guy on the show recently, Ken Maka. Uh, managed the Brewers from 2000 yeah. to 2010. He had a 157 and 167 record. He did nothing as the Brewers manager. Nothing. He did the anything. most calm guy you'll ever. Never got excited. Yeah. Just, he should have been in a nursing home. Yeah, he was born. Hey, he got ejected a few times. I'm sure Doug Melvin told I- him to. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> Ken Maka was. I, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, crazy hire. Crazy hire. Crazy hire. They hired him because of uh, Art Lowe in Oakland. Ken Maka was Art Lowe's uh, hitting coach or something when Oakland. During the Moneyball era. Yeah. Yep. And Maka was a part of that Moneyball team. Well, um, he was completely useless as a manager. A completely, yeah. a completely forgettable time in Brewers history. He had a terrible pitching staff. One of the, they were like 26 in baseball in 2009. Just a really sad time and forgettable time in Brewers history. Number three of this Final Four, and I know we all remember this guy very well, Willie Peralta. With the Brewers, he went. He had a 4.48 ERA, a 47 and 52 record in six seasons. His best season, he went 17 and 11 with a 3.53 ERA and 154 home. Or, oh, he gave up 154 home runs career with the Brewers. His worst season was his last season with the Brewers. He went five and four with a 7.85 ERA. He was terrible. They didn't let him pitch after that. Willie Peralta, what do you guys think? I could have done without him, but none of these are names that really popped into my head right right from get-go. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah, these, that's a stretch, I think, for most hated brewer, Willie Peralta. Really? Yeah. I, I, I didn't hate him enough to, to think of him. In, like, like, nobody said these, these names because they weren't of any significance. They didn't cost us anything of significance. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad time for the team anyway, so they weren't really hurting us any more than otherwise. Like, Garza cost us a lot of money. You know, Peralta was like prospect, so. Right. You know, he's only 30 30 years old now. Willie Peralta. Can you believe that? 
That was the most striking thing when I was researching Willie Peralta is that he's only 30 years old. Well, now. Dog, I would like to see his birth certificate because it's probably <laughs> doctored. I think he's still... No, he got released, I believe. It's, just it's hanging out with Albert Pujols' birth certificate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's 30 years old now. He was with the Royals in 2019. Didn't pitch a whole lot. I believe he was actually out of the bullpen uh, most recently. But he was granted free agency on July 24th of last year. And nobody picked him up. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he's just a, he's just another one. He's more forgettable than hated. I don't have any problem with him. He was an opening day starter. <laughs> an opening day starter. I think in twenty sixteen he was an opening day starter. But yeah, not hated, but definitely forgettable. And the last one, and I'm surprised he's this guy's up there too because he spent such a short time with the Brewers. But he was costly for a, for a very significant time in Brewers history. Jonathan Scope. He was traded for the crew for Jonathan Villar and Luis Ortiz to the to the. Um, Baltimore Orioles, in 134 plate appearances in 2018, he batted 202, 246, 331. And the most important significant stat about Jonathan Scope is he failed to get on base in eight postseason at-bats when, when it was most crucial. And the reason it was so bad, and I think why people hate him so much, is because when we signed him, he was the AL player of the month, and Christian Yelich right. was the NL player of the month. So at that time, we had both leagues player of the month coming in, and Scope just did nothing for the for a really good team. Well, he was a really good player not, coming in. Yeah, not to mention he played alongside Manny Machado in Baltimore, and they were they were heating up like yeah, over, you, know, you know. So I don't I don't get it on the list though. That don't make sense. No, like he didn't. And we're going by with, like, most recent hurt here, because that's... I mean, he wasn't even know, here like, long enough, I think, to make, to have been worthy enough to make the list. Hey, there's, there's got to be better qualifications for this list. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's just how the list went. I, I just thought I'd bring it up to you guys. But, yeah, I mean, I can understand why people aren't fans of no, Scope. Go on. I can understand why people aren't fans of Scope because, yeah, I mean, eight postseason appearances, he did nothing. Um, there's other honorable mentions. I'm just going to list other guys that made it, you know, to the, let's say, the last round. Matt Albers is on there. Oliver Drake's on there. Uh, Juan Francisco. Manny Parra, which I don't really understand that one either. Logan Schaefer, he barely spent any time with us. Travis Manny Parra sucked. Manny Parra was a pain in everybody's ass. Uh, Travis Shaw's on there. Chris Davis was on there for some reason. Like so, some of these guys I don't understand either. Um, I hated Chris Davis. I agree with that one. Well, he's a, he hits bombs better than anyone on our team now. Um, Chris Narvison's on there. Scooter Jeanette was on there. I mean, so there's there's some. Points. I was gonna bring Scooter up. I didn't hate Scooter. I hated that he got really good after he left, but now he's doing nothing again. So he just had a little flash yeah. of greatness. He came full circle. Yeah. Definitely came full circle. So, I don't it's know. It's so I, funny that the, sorry, the list of uh, top second basemen, the Cubs have been doing this thing every week, and I'm, I've been talking about it on my show, um, where they're talking about, like, top first basemen. And, yeah, we really don't have notable guys to include in the second baseman category. We have more annoying, not... 
team live up to their potential second baseman when we have good second baseman. You know, Jimmy Gatner is number one. Jimmy Gatner went how many games before hitting another home run in major league? It was like fifteen hundred at bats or something like that. Yeah, it was. It was like eighty-seven to ninety-one, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've never had a great second baseman. <laughs> really, <laughs> never. Uh, it's pretty. Hopefully, fair. Hero lives up to the potential. Right. So far, it's looking like it. I mean, honestly. Well, he needs to work on that defensive side, but he does. Yeah. He definitely does. hitting that Hero's bat with Orlando Arcia's <laughs> somewhat of abilities minus the ball hogging thing. Yeah, somewhat. Someone. That'd be a five-tool player. I mean, we might, we, we might be okay. Yeah, that'd be a five-tool player if you can get RC's defense with uh, Hira's hitting. Because uh, last year, I mean, Hira did have the most errors of any second baseman in Major League Baseball. But Yeah, he's got work to do. He's got work to do, but it's clear that he's going to be a, a, a hitter. I, I don't think that's a fluke one bit. He definitely sees the ball very well. All right, but that brings us to our weekly – or our Every show we've been doing this segment on each of our little pod, our podcasters here, and we're going to finish it up here with our favorite black man, Black Josh. Get to know your tool with Black Josh. So we're going to hit you up with a bunch of questions like we've done everyone else, and we're really interested and excited to hear your answers, Josh. Are you ready for us? Yep. All right. So first off, what first in your life got you into sports or baseball? Sports in general, really. Uh, football was kind of a, that one was kind of a me thing, but baseball, I went to a, I don't remember who the Brewers were playing, but I went to a game when I was very, very young with my dad, and we sat up, we weren't down on the field, but we weren't way up in the nosebleeds either, but we had like a little fucking table in front of us and shit and all that, so it was fucking pretty sweet, but other than that, yeah, I, like I said, I hate basketball. Can't stand it. Dumb. They should just cancel that fucking sport forever. Speaking of the shoes, is this so I agree with you? Yeah, that too. It's I hate the shoes in basketball. Sorry, I just had to say that. <laughs> so growing up, you said you were a... You were a a football fan as well, so the, you're, you follow the Packers. Well, what was your first like moment? I mean, were you were you do you remember seeing the Packers win the Super Bowl in '96? Uh, that game I did watch. Yeah, yeah, that's a classic, historic. Brett Favre. It was hard. It was hard for me to sit down and watch an entire game when I was young. You were pretty antsy. football. You were pretty antsy as a kid. Yeah. Did you did you play sports when you were a child? Uh, I did play baseball as a child. What position do you like to play? Um, when I was in softball, I played, I was either pitcher or outfield. And then in middle league, I was pitcher, outfield, and then I got put on third base once, and then I took a line drive to the fucking sack. Oh. So that was the last time I played third base. <laughs> um, well, I can attest to this, this fact that Josh can still hit. Uh, we, we like to play bait. We, we have a lot of catches together. We also go out to the field. During summertime, and I, I stand in the outfield, he hits balls to me, and he can hit them deep, and 
What's nice about when Josh is hitting to me is he can get it relatively in the in the right field or in the left field area, so I don't have to run left and right. He can place a ball as good as anyone I've ever played with. So this guy can hit, and he can hit pretty far. Um, who is your favorite player of any sport growing up? Who was like your your sports icon when you were a child growing up? Um, honestly, I'd have to say MJ. Yeah. As much as I hated basketball, I I would I would sit down and watch a couple Bulls games when it was you know Michael Jordan and Rodman and Pippen and them out there. They were they were fun to watch. Yeah, the, that Bulls team of the '90s was something that kind of transcended sports. It was like it was watching greatness unfold before your eyes. When pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it was. There was something special going on there. They were so clearly better than everyone. MJ was so clearly better than everyone and the chemistry they had really like surpassed anything that we had seen in sports before that. So Josh, what would you say is your favorite sports moment in history? Holy Jesus Christ. Oh fucking no man. Uh the last time the Packers won the Super Bowl, how's that? Twenty ten, yeah, beating Big Ben. In Yeah, beating the Steelers. Beating beating them in jail. Really good game too. What's that? Shout out Paul Sykes. What'd you say, Josh? That was a uh, that was a good game. It was. It was an exciting Super Bowl, and yeah, just the just the fact that they were able to beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl in the first year of Jerry World being in existence. The Packers went in there and took the trophy. That's pretty special. Um, what would you say is the biggest? Oh, is that what that was? Was that in Jerry World? Yeah, it was in Jerry yeah. World the first year. <laughs> <laughs> So they really stuck to really stuck it to Jerry Jones because you know he just hated to see the Packers win at his brand new oh, yeah. state of the art oh, yeah. billion dollar stadium. What would you say is the biggest, the most disappointing moment in your your sports fandom's history? What was the thing that pissed you off the most in in your life as a sports fan? Trent Grisham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. Trent fucking Grisham. Yeah, we joke about that. We joke about that anytime you and I are having a catch together. If a ball gets between someone's legs or gets past us on the ground, we always say Trent Grisham. Yeah, that one really, yep. that one really hurt. Because I mean, you you knock off the Nationals, you knock off the World Series winner. You know, I mean, who, yeah, that who, makes that makes the whole rest of that playoffs a lot fucking different. Yeah, really. I mean, who knows what would have happened. It had we had we passed them, had we passed them up in the wild card round. So who would you, who would you say is your favorite sports figure now, as an adult? Yelich. Yelich, that's pretty easy, huh? Yelich all day. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you, Christian Yelich, an iconic, <coughs> an iconic player. He's he's cementing a Brewers legacy right now that we'll we'll be feeling for for the rest of our lives. Who is your least favorite sports figure right now? Right now? Yeah. Fuck. Or of all time. You pick. Manny Machado. Manny Machado? Tell us Fuck why. why. Why do you hate Machado? Because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> he thinks he's fucking hot shit. And he's really not. And he stepped on Jesus Aguilar in the NLCS. I, if I was Jesus, I would have knocked him the fuck out. Plain and simple. <laughs> Yeah, because that was hands down fully intentional. It was fully intentional. I think if you look at that, and then he did something else later. I think there was a collision with Arcia at one point too. He slid into Arcia. Yeah, yeah, right into him. But I was happy about that one. He did he get called out? Shut the fuck up! Did he get called out for that one? I forgot. <laughs> 
I don't. I don't remember if he got called out or not because I, I just remember being so pissed off. I don't think he did. I remember being very pissed off about that one too. Like, don't don't hurt. Yeah, I think Council went out there and he was all angry, uh, and there was maybe a warning or something issued. I don't remember exactly. And that and that's when Manny Machado became Eric Agnew's favorite player. Amen. <laughs> I'm a, we're gonna we're gonna buy Eric a Manny Machado jersey. <laughs> I wear it. <laughs> yeah, get the Padre the new brown one. You rock that brown color. They're slick. They're they pretty, are slick. They are pretty. They slick. did good on those. And last question for you, Josh. The most important one. Speaking of brown, crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Crunchy. Yeah, that's my guy. He's the first one to say it. Crunchy all day. Crunchy is the only way to go. Like, if I'm going to buy yep. peanut butter, I want more substance. You get, it's like you get the best of both worlds. You don't just get this creamy stuff that spills onto your lap, and then your dog's licking you, and then your wife thinks you're doing you're something. You're high. Weird. You're high right now. <laughs> a little no. bit. Crunchy peanut butter is like Orlando Arcea's batting average. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Thank hey, you. Hey, listen. We're coming right out of my mouth. We're all in our 30s, okay? Grow up. Crunchy peanut butter. You're not a child anymore. Come on. Except for except for the boomer. Except for the boomer. Well, we were yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we weren't going to mention that. <laughs> no, it's, it's time to grow up, people. Creamy peanut butter. No. Creamy peanut butters for children. Crunchy peanut butters for grown ups. And you know what? I like pulp in my orange juice too. God damn it. Oh no. You are wrong on all levels. I buy high pulp orange juice. God, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that is gross. I'll give you, I'll give you that. I like to chew. That is disgusting. I like to chew my orange juice. All right. And then <laughs> I call the for you like Orlando. Pretty soon Arcadia. you're gonna say you drink your own piss. Only if there's pulp. <laughs> Men, I say we mute me. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, that was fun. Thank you, Josh, for your thoughts. It's nice to get to know you hey, a little but better. Before we go, yeah. Before we go, can we talk about the new uniforms we've seen come out for the two NFL teams? Sure. Yeah. What do you got? The Tampa Bay Bucks and the Atlanta Falcons uh, unveiled their new uniforms within the last two days, and I think. They killed it with both of them. I love both of them, but I want to. I want to hear what everybody else has to think. I like. I like how Atlanta put ATL on the front. Like we talked about before, I don't really like the giant numbers, but they kind of look like Falcon talons, so I kind of get that. Yeah. I don't. I think it's quick. I don't like the fade red to black. They're they're copying like what or it's very similar to what the Arizona Diamondbacks used to have. A couple of years ago, yeah. they only kept for a year, and then like the Jaguars had that helmet that was like gold to that weird dark green color. It's it's a it's a concept. I don't think it lasts. I do like the all black that they got going on, or the black with the white pants. I like the all white. I'm a fan of the all. I love the the shiny chrome face mask. That's interesting. That that kind of reminds me of like an Oregon Ducks kind of thing feel. I'm surprised they didn't keep the black because black goes so well. With that, but I like it. I, I like that one of one of them is still the throwback. Yeah, yeah, that's a slick. That should be their primary. 
I think so, too. I think that's a slick uniform. And I, I also like that they took the red out of the Falcon. I thought the Falcon looked way too busy. Oh, I liked the red Falcon. The red with the Falcon. I think, <laughs> I think they should have gone back <laughs> to the red helmets. Yeah, the red helmets. No. Like, they were no. Sick. That would have been cute. What about Tampa Bay? What about Tampa Bay? I know we have a pewter hater out here. Yeah, I don't like the pewter, but all the other uniforms I do really like. And you know the pewter, I think... Pewter. I think I'll get used to them. It'll look good. It does look good, and no other team uses it. That's what's so nice about it. It's refreshing. Right. It's Tampa Bay. I mean, that's what they do. That and Creamsicle. Yeah. I wish they, they, now they can't, so it's, this is the dumbest rule in the NFL. The NFL has a rule in their bargaining agreement that you cannot have two different types of helmets yeah. in your collection, which is stupid. So how can you do a proper throwback? That's why the Patriots will never have a throwback. And, and I think that's a shame because I love the old throwback Pats uniforms. Yeah, with the, with the Patriot guy. Yep, I like the old Pat the Patriot against the current flying Elvis. Well, they they might change that. If they're smart, they take roll. the flying Elvis logo and put it on a white helmet. Yeah, that would look good. Actually, I like that too. That would look yeah. good. Wow. But the Patriots, but, the Patriots are next. They're actually redoing their uniforms this yeah, off season. They are. The Patriots. The Browns were still waiting on both LA teams. Were waiting on, and I really, really hope that the Pats have a white helmet again because that'll allow them to go to throwback. Because I know the the team itself was upset when they implemented that rule. And and think about the Packers. The Packers throwback used to have a brown helmet to simulate the weather from back in the day. Yeah, and that looked slick as hell. And then they had to dump the brown helmet and go with the yellow helmet without the G on it for their throwback, yeah. which is dumb. So Agreed. Dumb. Because they're wearing blue and yellow uniforms with a green face mask. It just looks stupid. The brown helmet was so slick. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, overall, I like... I, that's a, Go on. That's a rule they got to change, though. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt. That's a rule they got to change. they got to let teams have a second helmet. That, yeah, that's one of about 15 rules that the NFL needs to change, honestly. I mean. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Get it together, NFL. Virtual draft coming up soon. But, yeah, overall, I think the Tampa Bay uniforms are good. I, the pewter will grow on me, I'm sure. I just don't like it when – I don't always like it when it's top to bottom, same color. It looks like a – bodysuit almost. I mean, I like it when whites are done. I don't know. I guess they're alright. They look better than they did before. They're cute. They're adorable. They'll win seven games. It's good. But anyways, yeah. Rise up! Rise up with that 5 Tool Podcast. Thank, thank you so much for listening. We're happy to have you. Thank you to Eric Agnew from the Miller Park Minute. Check out his podcast. He's, he's releasing them pretty frequently. We'll have him again on Sunday and we're going to do a special edition for you guys to listen to. We're very excited about that. You'll hear more about that on Saturday. And with that, thank you for listening. Five Tool Podcasts, we're out and don't widen the play. Enough!